Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, the final one for 2022, I'd like to talk about the massive reduction in consumer spending I expect to occur uh, next year and the consequences of that. So as you'd be well aware, the RBA's hiked uh, interest rates for eight successive months uh, by a total of 3%. So variable rate home loans are now uh, in the early sort of or the early to mid 5% uh, and interest only investment loans are approaching 6% in terms of current interest rates once uh, all those rate hikes, particularly December, is passed on. Uh, obviously, fixed rate borrowers have avoided higher interest rates this year. Uh, and of course, a lot of people fixed during COVID 2020 and 2021. Um, but a lot of those fixed rate mortgages are expiring beginning next year and the year after. Uh, and as such, borrowers will experience pretty substantial hikes in repayments when that occurs. And it's my thesis that, you know, those higher repayments are going to have a pretty big impact on uh, consumer spending. Now, whilst higher interest rates are coming our way, we have to acknowledge that households are in a pretty robust uh, financial situation. So, I mean, many Australians enjoyed vastly improved cash flow during COVID when interest rates were at all time lows, both variable and fixed. I mean, fixed rates were kind of sub 2% at, at a particular point in time. Uh, and people couldn't spend money on their usual leisure activities. So, uh, expenditure was down, income was up. Uh, and Australians did two things with that uh, improved cash flow. Uh, the first thing what they did is increase their savings rate and or made extra repayments on loans. So really improve their liquidity buffers, their financial buffers to sort of prepare for higher interest rates. Uh, and in fact, according to RBA data, uh, household savings deposits grew by over 500 billion, half a trillion dollars uh, between the start of 2020 and mid 2022. Uh, so that's a 21% increase in savings. Uh, when you look at the increase in liabilities, it's much lower, about 12%. So really, households are actually in a stronger financial position uh, and, and more prepared to take on or, or being able to take on these higher interest rates. Uh, secondly, uh, Australians spent money, particularly even during COVID, during the lockdowns. Uh, we saw online uh, spending peak during those periods of time. Uh, but when lockdowns lifted, we saw um, regular normal retail offline spending uh, recover almost straight away. Uh, and uh, really total spending, you know, according to CBA data, uh, so they compile a, a lot of data from their credit card spending, up until the end of November, um, total spending was still about 30% higher than um, pre-COVID. So it's still very elevated, although uh, things like retail and eating out um, have been declining over recent months, as you'd, as you'd kind of expect. Now, of course, when borrowers are faced with higher interest rates, um, sometimes they're faced with the decision of, should I pay my mortgage or should I go out for dinner? And of course, virtually everyone's going to say, well, I'll pay my liabilities first. So I expect um, discretionary expenditure to significantly reduce as 
Uh, one, these interest rates are passed on to variable rate borrowers, and most importantly, as fixed rate borrowers come out of their fixed rate period. Uh, and what I've done is charted uh, the household interest bill based on that data, and then I've imputed, you know, what what that data because it's historical, it has a two or three month time lag. Uh, I've imputed what will that interest rate burden look like in 2023 once the December rate hike is passed on. And this assumes, of course, that every borrower is on a variable interest rate, which of course is not correct, but a large amount of borrowers are coming off fixed uh, throughout next year and the year after. And it shows that the interest bill will be the highest in real terms uh, it's ever been. Uh, Really, well, it was touched uh, at this level uh, in mid-2008, just before the GFC hit and the RBA started to cut interest rates. But, you know, the, the interest rate bill is uh, is substantial. Uh, I don't expect mortgage default rates to increase. However, you know, most borrowers have been tested that they can afford a loan at these current interest rates. So if you took out a loan when interest rates were very low during covid uh, banks would always offer, oh, banks would add a buffer of 3%. And so we've seen that 3% hike pushed through by the RBA. So as, as long as there's not any more substantial hikes, maybe there's one or two, but as long as there's not any sort of substantial hikes, I really don't think we'll see a massive increase in default rates or for sales or these sorts of things. It might not be easy or comfortable. Uh, but borrowers will really tend to explore all avenues in order to stay in their family home and not default and have, have to sell it. So, of course, I remind you that savings have swelled by 21% over the last couple of years. So firstly, they'll cut discretionary expenditure. Secondly, they might have to dip into savings. But that's kind of the point of, of screwing, screwing away those, that, those monies anyway, uh, because people realise interest rates were so low. Uh, we should put some money aside when interest rates rise. So we might have to eat into those savings. And in the main, that'll be enough to get most borrowers through. Now, of course, there's going to be some borrowers that have either overborrowed or their circumstances have changed. And those borrowers are going to experience uh, financial stress and might have to make the decision to sell their home or downsize or do something on those lines. But I think they're likely to be the minority. And I think that's less likely to occur in investment grade locations, uh, most importantly, really from an investor's standpoint. Now, you might be sitting back and thinking, oh, great, there's this, there's this cash flow crunch coming, uh, you know, discretionary expenditure will fall. Uh, maybe we'll see some bargains in the property market. Uh, well, as I did an episode a, a few weeks ago, I think we're, if we're not at the bottom, very close to it. Uh, so I don't expect property prices uh, to fall. I mean, it's important to point out that current property prices reflect both actual and expected interest rates. So that is, if, you, if you're going to go and buy a property today, uh, you're going to take into account that, well, the RBA has just put, pushed through 3% of hikes. Uh, and maybe next year there might be another one or two uh, interest rate hikes. So when I'm contemplating buying a property, I'm including the fact that that, that well, the likelihood, or let's call it a fact, that that's going to happen and that's reflected in the price that I'm willing to pay for that property. So the only way that I see uh, property prices changing substantially is, is if expa- expectations change substantially, particularly interest rate expectations or the significant rise in unemployment, but I'll get to that in a second. Otherwise, uh, I, I think property you know buyers, property buyers have already 
I guess, digested the interest rate hikes, uh, realised now that what the RBA was saying a couple of years ago that rates wouldn't uh, change until 2024 is now obviously nonsense uh, and have factored that into their decision making. Uh, and I think, you know, the behavioural economics part of forecasting property price movements is what's missing in most of the, the commentary. Now, let's think about the stock market, though, which is a completely different story. If consumer discretionary spending plummets, like I expect it will, uh, then company earnings will be adversely impacted. Now, we're seeing a slight revision down of company earnings, but nothing really substantial. Uh, the, the falls in share prices have mostly been valuation multiples rather than earnings driven. Um, but if that starts to happen, particularly, obviously, the consumer discretionary sector is most at risk. Uh, you know, if you're thinking like JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman and, you know, those sorts of discretionary retailers, I can see that, well, I would expect, in fact, that their earnings are going to be hit substantially. But there's other uh, sectors in the stock market that could be impacted uh, technology, information technology, although it's not a big sector in the Australian market. Uh, consumer services, materials, industrials, uh, real estate, financials, all, all those can be impacted to a, a greater or lesser extent than, well, probably lesser extent than consumer discretionary, but they're going to have an impact. I spoke uh, last week about, you know, shared my thoughts about defensing, uh, defensive investing, particularly in gold, but, you know, I elaborated the conversation about, you know, how do you invest if you expect that there's going to be a recession or some you know, problems, economic problems in the in the future. Uh, so certainly refer back to last week's uh, episode. But in short, I talked about using, you know, value and quality factor indexes to sort of protect portfolio risk. Now let's look for the silver lining, as I always like to do. Uh, a dramatic reduction in consumer spending next year will probably solve our inflationary problems. So that's kind of good news. Uh, And given consumer spending is the largest component of GDP, gross domestic product, so a measure of economic activity in a country, uh, it's possible that Australia will also then slip into a recession, although it might be a pretty shallow recession. And if that happens, it's likely the RBA is going to have to move the interest rate setting. Currently, the interest rate setting is contractionary because most people forecast that the neutral interest rate is 2.5%. So when interest rates are above that, it's contractionary. Uh, The RBA is going to have to move that back down to neutral or even expansionary. So um, I don't think it's unlikely that we would see, if if this all plays out like I uh, have suggested, it probably will, or at least I expect it will. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the RBA cut maybe a percent off interest rates uh, starting uh, towards the end of 2023 and throughout 2024 uh, to sort of recover that consumer confidence and spending and so forth. I I think the good news is I think interest rates aren't unlikely to to hang around for a long period of time. Um, But the point is borrowers certainly should prepare for higher interest rates and mortgage repayments throughout most of of next year with some uh, possible relief in 2024. Okay, that's it for this week. And in fact, this year, I'd just like to thank all my regular listeners and probably even irregular ones as well uh, for hanging in there throughout 2022. 
Um, I, I produce this podcast every week and uh, it does take uh, quite a bit of time to put together, to, particularly to come up with some uh, thought-provoking and unique topics. But I hope it's been interesting and enjoyable. Um, hopefully you can uh, stick, me, stick with me throughout this podcast for the next year. And uh, of course, I wish you and your family a, a fantastic and enjoyable and restful Christmas break and holiday period. Bye for now.